You're listening to Tarot Talk, and I'm your host, Holly Ramey. I'm going to serve you some practical magic and give you tips and tools to bring the mystical into your everyday life. Welcome everyone to episode 20. It is the first episode of 2020 of Tarot Talk. I'm your host, Holly Ramey, and today I'm super excited to be sitting down with Luciana Naclario and Liz McLennan. And they are an artist and a dancer who have joined together and they collaborate to pass along ancient traditions through rituals, through ceremonies. They have retreats. Um, I'm super honored to have them on the podcast today and to find out more about their personal journeys. Uh, Welcome, Liz and Luciana. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Yeah. So um, I'd love for you guys to just intro yourselves, tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and um, what you offer. Do you want to start, Luciana? Sure. I'm Luciana, and I am the dancer in this collaboration. And... I feel like dance is like so a part of my identity. Like that's always how I introduce myself. And that's always how like people know me as like people in my family. They're always like, oh, you're the dancer. Or they ask my sister, they're like, are you the dancer? She's like, no, that's Luciana. (laughs) So it's really funny that, or really interesting that I've come back to that identification because for so long I've been kind of pushing that away especially when I was like developing my spiritual path I was like no not a dancer just me just the shadows but now I feel like it's actually my tool in spirituality and not something that I need to reject so much so yeah so I've been a dancer my whole life I'm from New York I'm I think another huge part of my identity is that I'm Italian and I've been raised by my mom and all of her sisters. So I feel like being raised by this tribe of women, it always put this kind of like witchy quality into my life. Like in my childhood, there was always music, like always celebration. We were always dancing. We were always like, making something as a tribe like me and all of my cousins and I feel like that's something that has really influenced me today like that's still what I do always like focusing on what we can do together in ceremony in retreats and ritual and like in our collective human family yeah so that's me yeah (laughs) welcome Liz and I'm Liz. I'm the artist in the collaboration. And uh, yeah, having an art making practice and making things, working with my hands has always been a really big part of who I am since I was little. Um, I went to art school. I studied art. Right now I work professionally as a prop stylist uh, in New York City. Um, I've been in New York for the last 15 years. I'm just taking this hiatus for a while to be in Mexico. But, um, another really big part of who I am is my spiritual practice. 
And uh, I don't think they're so different, actually. So ever since I was little, I was really drawn to rituals. Like I make rituals of my own and like build altars in this little fire piece I have in my room or make like little magical talisman that I would carry with me. Um, and so returning to this work as an adult has been really interesting because looking back at the things I was doing when I was really little, I see how the two parts of myself have always been there. Um, and so now I'm in an interesting place because I do feel like the artist part has been really separated from the healing woman, medicine woman part, and just trying to bring those together. Um, and I've been studying ancient healing practices for at least the last 10 years. I mean, I started reading tarot when I was like 11 or 12, um, but in earnest studying healing practices for the last 10 years, like Reiki, yoga, crystal healing, sound healing, um, and so it'll be an interesting part of my journey to really see how I bring the artist and the healer together. That's beautiful. I was thinking, um, as you were speaking, you both mentioned um, integrating these younger parts of yourself now back into your work and that astrological transit that just happened is Chiron moving into Aries and Chiron is an asteroid of the wounded healer. And it's asking us to, well, when it moves into Aries, it's asking us to look at our identity and to heal any wounds around that. So what a beautiful practice you are doing now to like bring your childhood into and integrate it into your work now. Um, I wanted to ask you guys a few questions individually, and then we can talk about how you collaborate together. Um, Luciana, I saw um, on your website that you have integrated your past uh, as a dancer and um, a ballerina into um, a work now that you call the Temple Technique. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to talk a little bit about how you transitioned from becoming a ballerina into your spiritual practice and how that integrated into what it is now? Yeah, sure. So I started ballet when I was about six or seven years old. And my I remember like one of my first ballet classes, my teacher came up to me at the bar and she was like, what's your name? And I was like, Luciana, like <laughs> so shy, always so shy, which is one of the reasons why I love ballet so much because you didn't have to speak. Mm. So she was like, no, what's your full name? And I was like, Luciana Naclerio. And she was like, you sound like you would be a great, like one of the great ballerinas. And I was like, okay, I'll do that because I'm a very good student when it comes to things that I love. And so I was like, okay, I can do this. And so for the next 20 plus years of my life, I was a classical ballet dancer and a very, very dedicated and disciplined student of my craft. And towards the end of that, when I was in college, it kind of like became this very shadowy time for me of just like dealing with body issues and 
dealing with um, like my self-worth, like putting all of my self-worth in the reflection that I saw in the mirror, which I was in front of the mirror eight hours a day, dancing in a leotard, looking at my body, you know, comparing to others or like comparing myself to my past self all of the time. And so that was like a very shadowy time for me, but it was in that time that I found spirituality. And it was in that time that, like, I started practicing yoga, and I've always been, like, a lover of books and poetry and all of these things, so I found poets like Hafiz and Rumi and kind of, like, dove into spirituality that way. And then after I graduated from college, I graduated with a BFA in ballet, I was, like, so done with ballet. But I still wanted to, you know, maintain my strong body. I still wanted to, um, like, practice everything that I've learned in my life and, like, kind of integrate it more into a more uh, balanced way instead of just, like, like, being this hardcore ballet dancer. So I found yoga. And then it was through yoga that I met one of my greatest spiritual teachers and I became her apprentice and yeah so that's how the the two kind of flowed into each other and then my teacher she always encouraged me to like find my own medicine within me and so my whole life like dance was my way of expression ballet was like my way of Um, like getting in touch with myself it's also like what connected me to energy because dance is such an energetic like uh, you just like learn so much about the energy around you like when you put your arm to the side and like your arm is actually much longer than your physical body when you stand tall and you like rise up in releve which is just standing on your toes you're actually shooting your energy down into the earth so that you can stand tall like a tree um so I, I learned a lot about energetics that way and so when I met my teacher and she just kept encouraging me to find my own medicine I realized that of course it's dance it's what I've always been doing and so I developed temple technique and I feel like temple technique is such um, like a work of the heart because dance is what like darkened me and what also blessed me. And so like offering this out into the world as a healing modality where people can dance and use their bodies to release, to unfold, to just like embody themselves. It's such a special thing that I'm so glad that I uncovered in these past few years. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I remember when I found yoga in New York, um, it was through Laughing Lotus on Sixth mm-hmm. Avenue. Um, yeah. And they had these books by Gabrielle Ross and she does this five rhythms dance technique and yeah. that was like my first experience using dance as medicine and it's so powerful. Even recently, I've been working with like second chakra stuff and doing all my yoga, my breath work and my Reiki. But it wasn't until I started belly dancing that I was like really able to like 
engage the muscles that needed to be engaged and like move that energy through. It's so powerful. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, especially for you after childbirth, like you were talking your experience a few minutes ago, but like, I feel like mothers like really resonate with dancing because it's like, when do you move your hips like that? You know, like, we have these same patterns that we do every day. And so like unleashing yourself, it's so healing. It's so freeing. For sure. Liz, I wanted to ask you a little bit about um, how you found, it's so interesting to me that you were like making these things and these talismans and having these little sacred rituals, like as a little girl in your room, (laughs) Um, just like a little witch at home, like making your spells. Um, But did you have any external influence with that or did it just come really innately from within um you know it came completely from within I grew up I was born in New York City and we lived there when I was little and then my parents moved to Connecticut when I was about two or three and um a famous story in my family is that we looked at all of these houses and when we saw the house that my parents bought, I said, this is the one, like before they bought it. And it's this really magical house with all of this nature um, <laughs> and all of these animals on the property. And I think that being in nature really activated something in me. I remember that's what inspired me to really begin all these practices with a little kid, like roaming around the yard, collecting things, bringing them back inside. But it was something that I really feel was in my bones. Like I remember knowing that if I built an altar in my fireplace and just sat there every morning, I could um, harness something bigger than myself. Or if if I created a talisman with nature I collected, it would have a specific meaning and it would help me and protect me. And I don't know where that information was coming from, but it was very real to me. Um, I was also a very dreamy kid. Like I was just always lost in, um, in my dream world. And I remember having a sense that my thoughts could change my energy and that energy would affect other things in my life. And I had a better understanding of it as a little child than I even do now. Like it was really clear to me. So I think it's something I was really born with, but being in nature activated it within me and allowed me to, you know, there's something... Whenever I'm in nature, I feel really creative. And I think a lot of like spell work or these witchy practices are like that second chakra energy. They're like deep creativity. And so um, for me, being in nature as a little kid just brought out that, that second chakra energy. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about um, 
Well, I read that you are you offer incantations. Um, can you tell me a little bit, just for the listeners, like what is an incantation? So an incantation is like a spell and a prayer. And so um, when we develop these ritual ceremonies, whether they're like, well, one thing we'll be doing while we're here in Mexico is some ceremonies around the water. And so these incantations will really be about harnessing the energy of the water, the spirit of the water, and like singing prayers to it and um, asking for its help with stuff. Yeah. In the tradition of Iyengar yoga, I don't know if either of you have studied Iyengar, but you do the opening incantation and it is the mantra, the prayer that you yeah. thing before you start the practice so yeah. Yeah. beautiful it's like an offering in a way yeah and it can be through song it can be through writing through speaking but it can also be through dance or like through music so I think there's this piece by Stravinsky and his it's called like the incantation and you can like feel it so much in the music, like you feel like the spell coming through the instrument. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Luciana and I know each other because we did our Reiki master training together and we worked <clears throat> under the same mentor, uh, Deborah Hannah Camp. I've mentioned her before. She's mama medicine. Um, how did, and then how did you all meet and come to start to collaborate? Yeah, we actually met through Deborah also. So <laughs> I was helping out on one of Deborah's retreats back in what year was that? I think it was 2016. Yeah, yeah. it was the summer of 2016, and she was doing a retreat upstate in New York, and Liz came on the retreat. And we spent the weekend together. <clears throat> and then I remember you dropped me off at the train station and you asked me for my number. And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then we kind of just kept in touch since then. And then we discovered that our families are actually from neighboring towns in Italy. And both of us have this very strong connection with Italy and actually like the medicine women of Italy. And after doing some research, we discovered that witches actually came from this region called Benevento in Italy. And that's the region where our families are from, which is really cool. I think our, I think the towns are only like a half hour apart. Yeah. Yeah. That just gave me chills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was really special. Yeah. I think Anna was on that retreat too, right? And then she introduced me to um, her best friends here in Nashville. And that's how I really got my business started here doing offering this community because she introduced me to all of her friends. So yeah, Anna's a very special person. <laughs> so much community was created yeah. out of that one retreat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Connection. Um, and I think that's so special um, how much community and, and connection can be created from just one simple gathering. Mm -hmm. 
after becoming a mother and especially after moving to a new city and becoming a mother two weeks later, I felt so lonely and isolated um, for my first few years here. And I have such a call and a longing for community and for, um, I think that healing is done in community. Um, and that we are as a collective shifting away from like individual healing and into more healing within community. And there is like such a deep longing for that village mentality that I didn't get to have as a mom. Um, so tell me a little bit about how you guys offer that community um, in your offerings, in your um your gatherings and, and your retreats and things like that. Yeah. So for me, I feel like because I grew up in such a strong community of like my mom and all of her sisters, she has five sisters and all of my cousins and everything. I really feel like support and like being seen and being heard is the fundamental of like human growth, you know, just like being invited to be exactly who you are, you know? So like having that upbringing and having that be like the foundation of who I am and just seeing how much that has like touched my life and has empowered me as a woman, like I want to create that for others. You know, I think that when you're blessed with like, like a loving family or you're blessed with whatever it is that you're blessed with, like it's your job in this world to share that and to create that for others, to hold that for others. So through our collaboration, that's what we really want to do. We really want to like invite people to come exactly as they are you know but in doing that we as the holders of this space have to really like keep ourselves in check and make sure that we're showing up exactly as we are like even on the bad days even you know like bring our flaws bring our darkness bring like all of our stories so that we can inspire others to do the same and to feel very heard and understood like especially Liz I feel like you have this like this very like motherly quality of like just really letting people know that like how they are is completely how you are supposed to be and completely how you are meant to show up in this world it's like this very comforting energy yeah so yeah (laughs) It's true. I really believe that, though, that, um, you know, there is no good and bad for the most part. It's like we're all in this process of healing and we're all on our individual paths and wherever you are is completely fine. And um, holding space for people without judgment and letting them express like things they may be holding shame about. That's something actually Luciana and I've been talking about over the last couple of days. Like 
chains we've been holding, be able to express that and have people like just hear you without judgment and and people feel more free to express some shame maybe they're holding on to. And I think it's really important to create spaces where people um, can be seen without judgment and that really creates strong community. And from there, as you were saying, like within communities where where we can really heal. Yeah. And so beautiful just to have that space be held for you and the simple acts of being seen, being heard, having space to be supported is, for me, those are the key components to doing so much reparenting work on my own, right? Um, Tell me a little bit about, you guys are down in Mexico. You're talking to me from sunny Mexico. So tell me a little bit about what brought you there and um, your plans for being in this beautiful space. So I ended up living in Todos Santos in Baja, Mexico, which is the part under um, California. Some people don't know exactly where that is. Um, and it's this really magical town. And I actually came here right when I started my like deep spiritual dive. Um, I started having these dreams about a place that was in the desert and on the ocean. And um, I was like driving around in a yellow truck here. And they were like very strong dreams for me. Um, and at the same time, for years, I had this um, large black and white photo poster um, of palm trees by my bed in Brooklyn. And I always thought it was a photo of LA. Um, but through a series of events, I realized that the photo was a photo of this place, Toto Santos. And it looked just like the place in my dreams. And so I, um, some friends and I were, were planning a big trip together and I sort of like convinced everyone we had to go to Tata Santos. And we came here for a week and I just like completely fell in love with it. And then everything became about how I could get back to Tata Santos. So over the next four years, I came back uh, frequently and would always stay longer and longer and longer. And um, I've made friends here, and there's, like, a real spiritual community here. I always feel like I do so much healing when I'm in Tadasantos. Um, and it became a dream to sort of be able to come here for a longer period of time or create a life where I can maybe split my time between Tadasantos and the East Coast. Um, and yeah, this past year, there was a lot of ending and change in my life. And I had to give up my apartment in Brooklyn that I'd had for 10 years, which was really heartbreaking for me. because It was like my first home. That wasn't my parents' home. Um, and I had an opportunity to rent a house here for six months. And Luciana wanted to do it too. And so I was down for whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm just going to pack up all my stuff and like take a leap of faith and follow this dream. And 
it feels really good. Mm. So that's how I ended up in Soto Santos. Yeah, and last year I came to visit Liz while she was staying in Toto Santos for about a month. And I came for only five days. And those five days, like, totally convinced me that I needed to be here more. Mm-hmm. And it's like what Liz said. Like, I was, after I came home, I was just like, okay, but how can I get back? How can I go back to Toto Santos? Yeah, so now we're here for six months at least, or I don't know, we'll see how everything goes. But I think that my intention for being here is just to like, allow myself to have a lot more fun and really like step more into my freedom. And I feel like, like, dancing helps me so much. And in Todos Santos, there's like this huge spiritual community, like Liz said, but there's like a lot of dance and a lot of music. So just like liberating myself that way and just being in nature, it's just going to be really transformative. I know it already. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys are offering uh, retreats there in Todos Mm -hmm. Santos? Um, yes. Yeah. Um, next month, uh, I was looking at it on your website. It looks absolutely gorgeous and amazing. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the theme? It's the way of water. Yeah, so it's called the way of water, and we're holding it on this beautiful piece of ocean in Todos Santos, and at a retreat center called Yandara, and. There's glamping tents on the beach. So we're going to be sleeping under the stars, right by the ocean. Like the ocean waves are going to like sing us to sleep every night. And we're going to be doing all of these ancient, but very simple practices with a group of women so that we can really connect to who we really are. And the whole the whole kind of like symbolism behind water and the ocean is memory, like remembering who you are, remembering the ebbs and the flows and honoring like the the deepest, most mysterious parts of yourself. And I think that one of the most magical things about this piece of ocean that we're holding the retreat on is you actually cannot go in the water because the ocean is so powerful. Like sometimes you can't even get close to the water because it will just take you. And so it's really like this deep, deep respect for water and its power. Yeah, and then like translating that to the waters within your own body, having this deep, deep respect for yourself and your power. I. I pulled, I offered a new moon or a uh, New Year's Eve ritual this mm-hmm. year, and I did a collective spread um, tarot reading for the people there. And um, I did mind, body, spirit. And the card that I got in spirit was an oracle card, and it was drink water. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> And so I was like, water is going to be really important for us this year. So yeah. synchronistic. Um, so 
So tell me a little bit about the offerings. Like what are you, how are you going to kind of connect with the spirit of water on a day-to-day basis during the retreat? Mm -hmm. So every morning we're going to be doing the temple technique dance. And I feel like this is, it's such second chakra work. We keep talking about second chakra. But it's really all about like creativity and the womb and remembering and creating. And so just like accessing this every day, accessing this like water that is inside of you through movement, that's one of the ways. And then I feel like this whole retreat is like really turning into this like huge creativity project yeah like what do you create and I mean water is such a profound symbol of creation and so with Liz she's bringing in all of her work with the arts and we're making talismans and then we're doing lots of rituals surrounding water and just like even the simple things, you know, like how you pull the card, like drink water, you know, like really honoring how amazing it is that we can drink water, you know, water is so scarce in some parts of the world. And like, just like really taking these very simple things that we have offered to us in this life and honoring. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Liz, do you still um, pull cards or practice tarot? I, I, you know, it comes and goes for me. I'll go through periods where I am really into pulling cards and doing spreads and like reading for friends. Um, and then it oh, every time it happens that I feel like the cards are so powerful, I get scared and I stop for like a couple of years. Yeah. And the pattern since I was like 11. Wow. Now I'm in a, I didn't bring tarot cards to Mexico with me. I'm not reading right now. Um, But I did bring my animal spirit cards, which feel uh, just like a little softer to me. And um, it's really like the right fit for me right now with my animal spirit cards. Yeah, I feel the same way. Tarot can be so... There's a wonderful meme floating around the internet right now. And it's like... There's like... It says like, my tarot deck. And it's like Whoopi Goldberg being like, you're in danger, girl. (laughs) My oracle deck. And it's like, you're going through a very transformative time. And you will be held by the earth. And like, it's like this like beautiful message. And Tarot's like, nah, you're just... You're in danger. (laughs) <laughs> interesting too because I have three decks that I really work with one of them is my first deck when I was from when I was 11 the Hanson Roberts mm. other deck is a deck my friend my best friend Kate gave me um the housewives tarot and my third deck is the wild and no deck which is such a beautiful deck but it's so interesting because they all have really different voices so and like the housewives tarot, I love, but it's like this bitchy gay guy or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I don't know, just sarcastic with me and stuff. Yeah. So I also go through different phases with what deck I'm working with or like 
which voice I'm in the mood to hear, or like which voice I feel like is going to be the right one for what I'm dealing with. I love tarot. I think it's so interesting and so powerful. Absolutely. I always encourage my students to use different decks because before that reason, because they will all talk to you in different ways. Yeah. Is there an archetype um, or a card or even an animal spirit that you feel is like would help would um, encompass the work that you two are doing down there together? Oh, that's such a good question. Not to put you on the spot. <laughs> um, well, what is your spirit animal? Is? Uh, my spirit animal, the one that came up for myself when I was like in my early 20s is a deer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's my actual spirit animal, though. It's I true. feel like that's a side of you, but it's, it's not. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's me. I think that the work we're doing... Huh, what do you think would be the card? I mean, it's definitely some high priestess work. Yeah. Um, and I think temperance is in there. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. And the water bearer and um, yeah. just that energy of like divine guidance and alchemy and... Um, finding balance but not by taking away more by like giving um by adding in it feels very in line with the way of water Um, um, one of our like biggest uh intentions for the way of water is to really be of service to other people um and so to give as much as we can It sounds so beautiful, and I'm so jealous that I'm not down there (laughs) at the ocean with you, too. Holly, come. I know. It's so funny that you said, like, all the second chakra work, because in February, I'm also releasing um, a workshop and ceremony that's going to be four weeks and themes around the second chakra, and it's going to be sacred cycles um and teaching me some of the ancient practices of honoring your cycle um so there's definitely a call there um thank you two so much for joining me today i wanted to end just by um having you guys tell the listeners uh just a little bit about where they can find you, where they can learn more about your work. Um, and if you also want to promote any offerings coming up. Yeah. So you can find us on Instagram and our Instagram is underscore with the way of water underscore. So you can find us there and we post like a lot about, our upcoming retreat and then if we are offering any other ceremonies here in Baja um, we'll post about that there and then our website is my temple technique website so it's templetechnique.com and that's where you can find all of the information about our collaborations the work that we do together and then the way of water retreat so yeah check it out and thank you so much Holly for having us
Yeah. Thank you guys. And thanks to everyone listening and full moon blessings. I hope you're having a gentle lunar eclipse and we will see you soon. And I'll catch up with you guys for the full moon forecast in the next section. Hi everyone, welcome to the second portion of the show. I hope you enjoyed these interview with Liz and Luciana, and now we're going to jump into the tarot forecast for the upcoming weeks. We have a full moon in Cancer and also a lunar eclipse, so some big... um, big astrology coming our way. And before I jump into the cards, just a few announcements. Um, I just wanted to take a moment to thank everyone who um, purchased a 2020 year ahead spread. I really enjoyed offering this to you all. I saw so much amazing growth and transformation happening for everyone in 2020, and it was such an honor to guide you in this way. Um, I am taking that offering down, but I still do have a birthday spread up Um for everyone who may want to look at the year ahead, not in terms of the calendar year, but in terms of their own personal solar return. So that will still be available in my shop. And as always, I have a new moon ceremony coming up at the end of the month. I believe it's on the 23rd or the 24th. Um, Details are up on my website that will be here in East Nashville. So if you are local, uh, come join me for that. And um, yeah, I'm really excited. I don't have the info up yet, but soon in February, I will be offering a new workshop and it will be themed around the cycles and our personal cycles and how we can apply ancient wisdom and healing techniques to connect more deeply with our physical body and how we can start to heal the second chakra as a collective and look at some of the shame and blame uh, that's been and suppression that's been put on the feminine as an energy uh, for many, many years, as many years as we've been in a patriarchal society. Um, And so this will be a workshop that is designed to help us reconnect with that divine feminine energy, to look at womb healing from a new perspective. We will talk in detail about our cycles, our menstrual cycle, how it connects to the moon cycle, and ways that we can apply ancient practices to help to reconnect. I think that this workshop will be important for all of 
those who bleed, as well as uh, women who don't, but who have daughters or um, are interested in passing on healing for future generations. So stay tuned for that. And yeah, let's jump right into the forecast. Thank you all. So I pulled a spread for us um, about this full moon in Cancer. And if anyone listening is new, this podcast is always released on the new and full moon. And the forecast is meant to be for not just the day of the moon, but uh the cycle, the whole lunation. So this will be for the next two weeks. We're looking at the full moon in Cancer and then the, you know, the moon will wane back down to new for the two weeks that follow. However, because this is a lunar eclipse, lunar eclipses tend to speed up, to intensify, and to really, um, continue a specific theme. So if we think back, the these eclipses started, I think it was the end of 2018 or the beginning of 2019 on this Cancer Capricorn axis. And so we're almost in completion with the eclipses on this axis. So this will be the um, second to the last one, and then the final will be in the summer, in June and July. And so we can say that the effects of a lunar eclipse or of an eclipse season last about six months. And so whatever themes started during these eclipse seasons, which happen generally around December, January, and then again around June, July, um, they bring up similar themes that we've been working on over the past year and a half, two years. Um, And so, of course, Two weeks ago, we had the solar eclipse in Capricorn on Christmas Day, and now we are moving into the lunar eclipse in Cancer. And Cancer and Capricorn are on our opposites, right, on the astrological wheel. So the themes around this full moon are the themes we look at when we think of cancer, right? So very second chakra, very water energy. Um, this is feminine. This is receptive. This is our emotional realm. This is home. This is family. This is radical self-care. Um, this in around these themes, this is all the theme of like, you know, home. That is our sense of safety, of security, of nourishment. Um, it can also connect us to matriarchal lineage, ancestral healing, um, connection to mother and family in this way. Um, and so I'm feeling a lot of second chakra healing And this is one of the things that inspired me to create uh, the workshop that I'm creating for February as well. So let's jump right into the cards. As we know, full moons are in my opinion, a time for illumination and release, right? So um, the full moon is the highest, the moon is closest to earth. We have the most gravitational pull and sometimes we have a little lunacy, right? And so like emotions are heightened, things are heightened. Uh, Cancer is ruled by the moon. So cancer feels really at home here. Um, And so this could bring up more sensitivity 
in many people if you feel very sensitive to the lunations and to the energy of the moon, right? Full moon times can feel more sensitive, but more receptive and open to intuitive downloads. Okay. And so the first question I asked was for uh, the first position in the spread, I should say, is just our message for this full moon in cancer and lunar eclipse. And I got the sun and I'm using the way home tarot by Bacara and Autumn Whitehurst. And I'm using the liminal space, postcards from the liminal space, which is available at Everyday Magic in Durham. Uh, And so the sun is a beautiful card. Um, and, And really the heaviest message that I get from the sun is that, um, There will be much illumination at this time. The sun brings joy. The sun brings light. The sun brings action. Um, And and the sun in in its high vibe illuminates what felt really unclear before. And rainbow is another beautiful energy uh, from the liminal space, which just is a message that the, the stars are gazing back at us at this time. What we are hoping for, what we are longing for is longing for us as well. And so this could be a really beautiful full moon to illuminate whatever, wherever you need clarity. Whatever thoughts, patterns, narratives, things that are blocking us um, from what we want to achieve, whether that's joy or happiness or success, um, the sun will illuminate where we are standing in our own way. I asked what is ready to be released. And I got the Knight of Cups or the Son of Cups in the reversed position with the liminal space card, what is chaos to the fly is harmony to the spider. And these two cards together really tell me that, um, what is being released is this emotional volatility is the things that are actually blocking us from taking our authentic selves, our authentic, unique gifts that we have to offer the world and not being able to apply them right into like actual real everyday life. Um, what is chaos to the fly is harmony to the spider is asking us to look at where we're holding ourselves back. Like I said, that's, that's what is going to be illuminated with the sun is like where we are standing in our own way. And, and this is going to ask us to take a look at our our perception, our perspectives. And remember that like, we may see things from the fly's perspective, but at some time we have also been the spider and it's a card about consequence to our action. And so like, what webs have you woven for yourself? And what do you continue to weave with your own narrative, with your own perception? Um, 
I think I think in the in the guidebook they say something like if you find yourself surrounded by vampires then it means that at some point you must have been one yourself. And so like to me this is act like con- the consequences to our actions. And I really feel now in the energy of of this upcoming lunation is just like there's no more time for words, for just words. Like we we need to see the action behind it. We need to actually have more integrity and step into it by aligning with our values. And to align with our values, we have to see where we're out of line. We have to see what rules we've set up for ourselves in our lives that are out of alignment with how we actually feel. Um, And what that takes is observation and an ability to recognize where these narratives or these should and shouldn't, these rules that we set up for ourselves no longer apply to us. And maybe they weren't created by us. Maybe they were created by parental systems or society, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. We need to think clearly and really take personal responsibility for all of our actions and for our perceptions. Okay. (laughs) This is what we're releasing, right? We're releasing this like emotional volatility. We're releasing what's standing in our way. Um, And so the next question I ask is like, well, what are we, what after this is released, like what are we creating room for? What's coming? And I pulled the tower, you guys, the tower with a magician is only as good as their tools. Listen, the tower is destruction. It's chaos. So here's chaos again. And this is why it, it, it really, really is important to look at our view. And I do feel like the optimism and the positivity that comes with the sun is going to be greatly needed at this time because the tower will make you feel like you are losing control. And we need to. We need to lose control. We need to release control and surrender, right? We need to surrender to our to our divine grace, to our divine love. We cannot control our external circumstances and we sure as hell can't control other people. But we can control our own reactions and we can control our thoughts. Should we choose to step outside of our ego? And like what is being burned down in the tower is old. It's old internal structures, but it's external structures as well. And like we can see, and I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you're certainly sensitive to the energies around us, right? And to what is going on on a political and societal level, right? The tower, shit is burning. Our world is burning. And and this toxic masculinity and like what is happening in society is needed now right? It's needed. It needs to be exposed. It needs to be illuminated, but it's how we respond to it. Are we going to send thoughts and prayers? Are we going to take actions? We're going to take small actions every day, not only for our internal structures and not only taking responsibility for ourselves, but helping to organize and unify and take some responsibility for what's happening in our world. And 
you know, that's going to look different for everyone. Everyone is in a different circumstance. Everyone has different resources, but like we can no longer just send thoughts and prayers. We have to take action behind it. And, and the thought process that, that one small action doesn't matter is not going to get us anywhere, right? We have to we have to take responsibility for the power that we have. And a little every day equals a lot. Small actions added up over time and, and multiplied by many, many people means a lot. And so the tower is here to burn down what's not working, both within us as individuals, but also on a bigger scale. A magician is only as good as their tools. Like we're going to have to use our tools, you guys. We're going to have to use all of the tools in our toolbox. We have many. We have many. And whether your tools are magical or practical or Western medicine, it doesn't matter. Um, It just matters that you use them efficiently and effectively. And again, along with that theme of like a little every day equals a lot. A 10 minute walk is a tool. Five deep belly breaths is a tool. Therapy is a tool. There's so many tools. We have to use them, especially during a time when things feel chaotic. The tower is a healing card. I find it to be one of the most healing cards in the deck because what's being burnt is leaving room for for growth, for the opportunity to lay a new foundation that's stronger, that's more stable, that's more in line with who we are, not where we've been. But in order to move through that energy, we have to ground into our tools, into ourselves. We have to align with the deeper parts of our internal stability so that we're not caught up in external chaos. And then the final card I pulled um, is the Daughter of Swords reversed with Death is the Healing. And this is also... um, this is a message for us of like, it's interesting that like what we are releasing um, with the, the Knight of Cups and the Daughter of Swords, it is this younger energy. Um, so, th- so it is leaning back into some like inner child stuff, right? Or into um, some patterns that have been passed down, Um and the daughter of swords in her shadow in her reversal is is a killjoy right she represents that kind of like hyper vigilant hyper critical voice um, that is scanning the environment for what's wrong instead of what's right. And yeah, sometimes that's protective and it keeps us safe, especially as children, right? That that quality um, within us is a protective quality that is valuable. But when it when it starts to turn into a narrative that tells us what we should and shouldn't do, then it turns into shame. And what that therefore can do is cause intrusive thoughts and dialogues that tell us constantly and consistently that we are not safe and we are not enough. Um, And the liminal space card that I pulled with this is death is the healing. And it's like, we have to let go. We have to redirect and rewire some of these narratives so that we're not putting ourselves in this 
constant stress response by being so hypercritical and hypervigilant. Um, there's a lot of release of shame, of guilt, of, again, these rules, these structures, right, that, that we've been living within. This is what the tower is burning down. It has a lot to do with our thinking. It has a lot to do with the emotions that arise from that. We have been building up towards this work, you guys, for a long time, for the past year or more. Um, and it's coming up. It's coming up into the light, right? The sun is illuminating us. The, the rainbow, right, is letting us know that the stars are gazing back. A magician is only good as their tools is reminding us that we have all the tools we need to move through this. And yes, the tower is intensity, but I promise you, like nobody said change was comfortable or easy. Nobody said stepping out of our comfort zone was going to be comfortable or easy. But what what is the what is the opposite. We've been in darker places and like now we're starting to expand. Um, yeah, there'll be some discomfort in that, but it will be nothing compared to the constriction of where we were before. There's that saying of like, um, it, oh God, what is it? It's a quote. And it's something like there came a time when, um, it became more painful to stay tightly closed in a bud than it did to go through the discomfort of blooming. If anybody knows who said that quote, let me know. Um, And this is where we're at, right? It's time to bloom. It's time to expand. It's time to see what we've been keeping in the dark. And it's time to move out of our own way so that we can move forward, both as individuals, but also as a society. All right, you guys, I hope that this is useful for you, and I hope that this lunar eclipse illuminates and brings clarity um, and healing for all of you, and just a reminder, right, to use the tools available to you. Second chakra is really calling to me for this one. Um, the, the demon of the second chakra is guilt, right, and and one of the, the healing qualities, probably the most healing quality of the second chakra is movement. Move. If you, if you do nothing else, drink water and move your body for the next few weeks. Um, move in a way that feels nourishing, not in a like pushing, punishing kind of way. Um, so maybe not like intense, you know, sprinting or like this, like, like, really strict lifting weights kind of thing, but in a more think watery movement, fluid movement, think dance, think yoga. I've been doing belly dancing videos on YouTube. Think these kinds of movements um, where you can be a little more free and open in your body, drink lots of water, be around water, take ritual baths, and um, yeah, stay close to your values, stay close to your integrity, and um, one day at a time. 
Thank you guys so much for listening and for joining me here. I'm always honored to share this time and this space with you. If you enjoy this podcast, I would so appreciate a review, a rating on iTunes if you're listening through that channel or just sharing through your socials so other people can find the podcast. If you'd like to help support monetarily, you can do so with a small donation through Anchor. Um... And yeah, I will see you again in a few weeks for the new moon. Take care.